This episode is sponsored by Fire and Fuel Coaching, where I help you discover who you are and where you want to go, both on and off the job. For more information, please reach out to me at my Instagram handle at juryfireandfuel. This podcast is part of the Everyday Heroes Podcast Network, the network for first responders and those who support them. Welcome. The trials of first responders and their families aren't easy. Enduring the Badge Podcast is building a community to help them out. Introducing your host, backed by 30 years of experience as a first responder, Jerry Dean Lund. Hey everyone, before we jump into this next episode, I want to thank my sponsor, Patriot Supreme. They make the highest quality CBD products that I know of. A veteran-owned company with products made right here in the United States. I've used them in my personal life because they work. I've tried other products. They have not worked, and these do. I like the CBD oil, the CBD gummies. They have melatonin gummies with CBD in them. They have a deep freeze roll-on that works for those joints that are a little bit sore or muscle pain. I love them all. You should check them out at PatriotSupreme.com, and don't forget to use the code Enduring the Badge if you're a first responder. That'll get you 50% off. And please go check them out on their Instagram and Facebook page at Patriot Supreme. Let's jump right into this next episode with guest today is Dwayne Shorts. How you doing, Dwayne? I'm good. Thank you for having me, sir. Yeah, thank you for taking the time to be on. I'm super excited to have you on today. And we're going to talk about something well, we've talked about on the podcast before, but we you've got a whole different spin that I think the audience is really going to love. Tell the audience a little bit about yourself. So um I'm a firefighter uh, with the Professional Firefighters of Wisconsin, uh, Local 275. I've been there uh, coming up on 22 years. I was a paramedic as well. Um, so uh, married, three kids, um, just, uh, uh, you know, just always been passionate about the fire service and anything with public safety. Most of my friends off duty are in law enforcement, um, a lot of military friends. Um, so, uh, yeah. 20, yeah, 22 years it, of service. So. Yeah. You're right there with me. <laughs> yep. Coming up on 22 years. It's been, uh, you know, it just flies by. It's been, it's been a, it's a great profession and, uh, it's been a fun ride. It's been interesting. Uh, you know, it's like, you know, it's a unique profession like none other. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a good job. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. What's your position out there in Wisconsin? So, yeah, so I'm a fire inspector. Um, so, uh, you know, obviously our, our, any position within the fire service, it's a public relations role, but my, mine yeah. may be a little bit more. So I'm in and out of all the businesses and all the schools, um, you know, public safety, fire prevention and, um, inspections, obviously. And then, um, any incident we have, I investigate, uh, do a fire investigation. So, yeah. So a guy who wears many hats is what you're saying. Many, yeah, <laughs> many hats. I mean, we all do in the fire service, as you know, um, but yeah, that's my rank right now. And yeah. How, how much longer are you going to stay? Do you think? Jeez, or should we, or should we know, not I ask that not, on that? Should we not ask that? Yeah, on here? <laughs> right. Right. I try not to think about that. Yeah. I, just, I still feel young, you know, um, you know, I have a while yet. I have a while yet to worry about that. You know, I'm still happy where I'm at. So we'll see how it goes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, I completely understand that. Dwayne has a very cool, uh, we, we, it called Operation uh, Heroes, Operation Canine Heroes. 
program that he's going. Let's t- let's talk to you a little bit about that and how that started. Yeah, so it started. Um, I'm just uh, passionate about um, the well-being of our public safety professionals um, and our military personnel and veterans. Um, I just always have been. Um, and especially the last couple of years, how things have been going with our country and stuff. So I wanted to somehow shed the light on, on, on PTSD and give back and help others um, in need um, on and off duty on my off time. And um, especially re- relating to just to the mental health and PTSD and um, of our brothers and sisters that, you know, are facing this. And we've, we've been hearing about PTSD a lot. Um, and there's a stigma, you know, in the fire service and, and in the in law enforcement too, in mil- military that, you know, I know, I know all these individuals feel shame, uh, embarrassed to talk about it. And, and uh, you know, especially in the fire service, you know, you, there's that stigma. Um, you hear about PTSD isn't real or it's just part of the job or you're here to suck it up. Um, uh, or that it makes you weak. And it's just, it's just not like that. Um, and um, that really bothers me. You know, our firefighters, our, our paramedics and police officers are exposed to many things, as you know, um, and anybody watching this knows there's, it's just, it's a u- unique uh, profession, um, the first responder community, you know, death, destruction, you know, suicides, hangings, drownings, the list, the list goes on, you know, car accidents, mangled car accidents and everything in between, um, you, you know, we see uh people at their absolute worst. And I think we probably see the world maybe in a different way, just with all the things that we see on a daily basis. Um, you know, we see things that people, you know, in a day that might not see in a lifetime. Um, you know, and I know I can speak for the fire service that, you know, we tend to blow things off after a call or a traumatic event and kind of blow our emotions off. And in a way we kind of, we kind of laugh it off and it, that might sound weird or it might sound bad. And I don't mean it bad, but honestly, I think it's, uh, a coping mechanism, you know, right. and, I, and I'm sure probably maybe in law enforcement, they do as well. Um, but I think it's a coping mecha- mechanism probably. And, um, you know, public safety, people in public safety are just under, uh, you know, in some intense physical and psychological stress, you know, it, the, the work is demanding um, mentally and physically, you know, it, a lot of them are exposed, you know, we're exposed to burnout and, you know, the hours are, long and enduring. So, you know, you hear uh, quite often that it's just part of the job, you know, first responders, you know, anywhere you go, any first responder, whether here in Wisconsin, anywhere across the country, you know, you go above and beyond the call of duty, right? It's just what we do. It's our profession. You have to. Um, Sometimes doing the job comes at a cost, you know, sometimes it's a cost we can see. But uh, sometimes, and I think a lot of the times, it's a cost that uh, we can't see that can be devastating and take a toll on the mental health um, and well-being of uh, our first responders. And and it could cause PTSD. And sometimes, even worse, it can lead to suicide, which we've seen. Um, Right. You know, so uh, first responders, they, you know, we or you or uh, we all just put our health in safety on the line, right? It is, that is part of the job. Yeah. Um, but we need to protect them and take care of them as well. Um, you know, uh, the professions with the highest PTS rate are number one, military, number two, law enforcement, police officers, three are firefighters. Um, 
and there was a study, you know, I was started researching all this and I think it was 2018, maybe it was 2019 that, um, more firefighters and police officers die by suicide than line of duty deaths. And that really hit me. Uh, that's just crazy to think about. I think it was like 140 police officers and 103 firefighters have died by suicide last year, or I think the study was the year before. Um, and that didn't sit well with me, you know, and I'm sure it's a result from, you know, depression and PTSD and, and things like that, just from constant exposure, you know, from traumatic events, you know, like I said, death and destruction and all the crazy stuff that we see. And, um, you know, just the, and maybe the general public doesn't even think about stuff like this. Um, so, um, I know that, you know, PTSD, it's a real thing. Um, you know, the, the rates and the suicide rates are astonishing. They just keep going up. Um, I think they say the average rate of uh, uh, PTSD in a first responder is five times more than somebody from the general public. Um, and then on the military side, you know, we, we know our military personnel, yeah. our veterans are, you know, they experience probably even more, you know, than what we do. They're exposed to so much. Um, it's crazy, especially how the world's been, you know, the last couple of years. And, you know, I know a lot of my friends, you know, in the military and veterans I talk to, you know, they feel loneliness or isolated, you know, hopelessness and depression. And that, that just really sucks. You know, I've always been an advocate for our military and, you know, my son just enlisted into the uh, air force and that, that doesn't sit well with me. And that's where all this stemmed, you know, that's where it all came from. Um, I think in our profession, Jerry, uh, first responders, military, uh, we're tight community we're all you know police and fire paramedics the military we work hand in hand you know we go on calls together we, we just seem to have the same compassion and um you know uh and the fire service you always hear people hear the term we know the term it's it's a brotherhood right yeah um well what is a brotherhood we're brothers and sisters you, you know when you become a firefighter you you gain uh depending on what your department is and you know i gained 21 brothers and sisters on my shift you know we have i think 70 72 total <laughs> Um, you know, our professions like none other, uh, we take care of our own, you know, we, we say that term all the time, that phrase, I'm sure people have heard of it. You know, you, we, we just do, you know, we have a long standing tradition and the fire service, we have a long history of, you know, things like duty and honor and respect and, you know, camaraderie. Um, that's what a brotherhood is, you know, and, um, I always, I always use this, uh, scripture reading. And John 15, 13, you know, it says, what greater love has no one than this um, to weigh, lay down one's life for, for another, for one's friend, you know, and, and that's a brotherhood. That's what we do. You know, you'd lay your life down for, for your crew, um, for your community um, uh, and for your country and our military vets as well. And um, that's just an honorable thing. And, and that is part of the job, but um, so uh, that's where this all started. And, you know, with PTSD, um, one of the things that bothered me is, um, you know, just the stigma. I hear about it all the time. And there is a stigma and there still is. There, maybe there always will be. Um, but I know here in Wisconsin talking about, uh, before I get into Operation Canine Hero, I just want to talk about um, the state of Wisconsin. Our governor here, Governor Evers, signed a bill. Um, 
last year sometime that um, will help remove the barriers for public safety officials to get workers' compensation for PTSD um, or things related to PTSD. Um, Because in 1974, I know the Supreme Court decision um, to get workman's comp for for anybody in public safety. You had to demonstrate uh, PTSD, um, that you were diagnosed with PTSD uh, above and beyond um, what's experienced um, normally. Well, what's normal for a job? <laughs> we, yeah. We're under stress every day. You know, not, there's nothing normal. So that's a hard standard to meet, right? So last year, um, you know, Wisconsin, the Wisconsin legislator, um, Wisconsin legislators, the professional firefighters of Wisconsin and the uh, Wisconsin professional police association, they, they've been working for like five, six years straight. Um, to get this done, they finally signed the bill um, that if you if you're a professional firefighter, professional law enforcement officer, um, if you're uh, diagnosed with PTSD um, by a licensed psychologist, um, that um, um, and that's even if it's uh, uh, if the mental condition is not accompanied by like a physical injury, you you can get workman's compensation. So that alone in Wisconsin, at least it's you know um the awareness is there that it's that's that it's an issue we're starting to take care of our own we're starting to recognize it um so i from there you know i i wanted to how could i get back what could i do um Ed Dwayne, before for uh, before you jump in there, um, I'm going to ask you just a couple of questions. Just go back a little bit about some of the things you were saying. Um, I recently took a uh, a peer. Why my 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 mind's blank today? I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I can't get the words out. Uh, I just recently took a class, and we were talking about statistics of you know firefighters and police officers, and you know what their the effects of the job is having on them, and they were talking about one third of the people in the survey that they most recently took were having some suicidal thoughts, one third. And I think if, and I bet you not everybody's answering that survey, honestly. So, I mean, the, the numbers are staggering in just the thoughts of people that are just on shift, just working day in and day out. But I also want to go back to, you know, you're talking about some numbers about um, firefighters and police officers that have committed suicide your last year or the year before, depending on the statistics you look at. And that that's only ones that are basically they can pinpoint to suicide or their departments are declaring suicide. So the, the numbers that are actually being reported are actually, I feel, are way under than what it actually is out there. All right, everybody, let's take a little break in the action. I want to thank one of my sponsors, Responder Wipes. They make an incredible wipe that can quickly and easily remove contaminants from your skin. They come in three amazing sizes, and they can be used by firefighters, law enforcement, military, anyone that just wants a quick cleanup. The wipes are aloe and alcohol-free because both of those ingredients are penetrant enhancers. These are the thickest wipes on the market. They don't shred or tear on your 5 o'clock shadow, maybe like those crappy baby wipes that you've been using. Time to throw those out and get some responder wipes. They leave you feeling clean and invigorated. You can also use them as a cooling towel around your neck on those really scorching days. But most importantly about this product is you need to use them after all types of exposures to help reduce the risk of occupational cancer. Be sure to check out their website at responderwipes.com and follow them on Instagram. Let's get right back into the action. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. Um, yeah, that's sad. Yeah, you're right. And you know what? It 
we know uh, firefighters and, you know, I can't speak, speak for police officers, but many of them are my friends too. And I'm, I'm sure, you know, like, like I mentioned, with stigma, you, you, know, you take a survey and you're, you're probably not honest, right? Um, because you don't want to, maybe you just don't want to ultimately have to go through a critical incident stress debriefing or talk about it or, you know, or you're, you're going to have to talk about it with your peers and, you know, and just, I, I understand a lot of people don't want to do that. So they, they probably aren't honest. Yeah, or even so, or even yeah. admit it to themselves that they're they're feeling or admit it to themselves yes yeah yeah exactly I, and I really didn't think about that but that's a good point yeah and I love so, I love your I love your passion and your knowledge for this about PTSD and I'm I'm excited for you to jump into this next little segment with what you're doing to give back yeah you know I'm a uh I research a lot of things and when I get my mind on something, I just go with it. I'm kind of persistent, I guess. <laughs> um, and, uh, I'm kind of a little driven. So, uh, you know, this all stemmed, uh, you know, when I was having a cough, cup of coffee with somebody and, uh, that was, uh, checking out and having some issues. And, um, you know, I just started thinking, you know, gosh, what the heck can I do? You know, how, how, what can I do in my days off or how can I shed light to this or, bring awareness to, uh, to this, you know, PTSD. So I started researching and researching, um, cause I just wanted to give back and, you know, volunteer my time. And, um, and, um, so, um, you know, and I know like you should go through proper professional channels, right. You should talk to yeah. your police or fire chief or, you know, a chaplain or EAP, you know, I talked about critical and stress debriefing and I usually have a panel of counselors or talk to somebody from the red cross. Um, you know, and, and those are all great channels, professional channels, and highly recommend them. But I wanted to come up with a way that was less formal, something different, um, a conversation starter, um, you know, like an icebreaker or something like that. So I started researching service dogs in the fire service and facility dogs and, and therapy dogs. And then at the time, I really didn't know uh, the difference between all of them. They seemed so uh, they seem similar and the same thing, but, uh, you know, a service dog is a professional trained dog for one individual, specific individual with a disability where a facility dog is a professional trained dog <clears throat> who works specifically with a professional handler. And that could be someone in police or fire or uh, someone in an educational setting, like a teacher or someone in healthcare, um, that serves many individuals, not, not just one it serves many individuals. So, so I went with that. I started collaborating and networking with a lot of different professionals in this area, locally in Wisconsin and across the United States, actually, and, and uh, several different organizations. Many of them thought, you know, I should probably start my own nonprofit organization to make things easier, even though I hesitated and, and I, I really didn't want to do that. I didn't want to do anything big. I just wanted to do this by myself. I <laughs> yes, just right. wanted to give back and help. That's all I wanted to do. <laughs> Not make it complicated. I, I didn't, yeah, I didn't want to make it complicated. And let me tell you, starting a, your own nonprofit organization by yourself it's complicated and it's not an easy task it's a long process kind of expensive and you know it's a lot of out-of-pocket expenses and uh, they almost set you up to fail unfortunately and i thought about just giving up a couple times but i stuck with it because you know i had something in my head uh, a vision and uh, a mission and i was gonna i was gonna see this to the end and so um that's when i started operation canine hero and that's where the journey begins and basically 
Um, you know, you can find us on our website, operationcanonhero.org. But basically, you know, we're just a, it's me, a volunteer, it's a volunteer-based nonprofit organization, uh, you know, dedicated to bring comfort and companionship to our veterans, those in public safety uh, through a canine, you know, canine dog. So at that time, you know, I didn't have one. Uh, this whole time while I was starting this nonprofit, I was also in the process of trying to find the right the right dog for that, but I'll get into that. Um, so our mission is just to give back to the military, our military, right? Our, uh, veterans, police officers, firefighters, paramedics, um, in need, those who just need a little extra support, um, by just providing a canine human partnership. That's really all I wanted to do and help them bring, you know, some cheer and affection in, in some way. So, um, you know, the primary purpose here is just to help support the mental health of our heroes and offer some sort of emotional support. Um, you know, even if it's temporary, you know, um, and studies have shown that interacting with therapy dogs is part of an animal assisted, uh, intervention, I guess, if you would call it, it's both physical and psychological benefits to not only humans, but the dog too, actually. Um, and I got into a lot of research with that. I just thought, thought that really, really cool. And that was yeah. really interesting, but, um, um, in the process of trying to find the right dog for this mission, um, you know, it had to be a dog that was going to be a fit for me, uh, a fit for what I, you know, what I was thinking. I wanted to find a dog that was kind of already professionally trained, um, one that was unique, um, you know, obviously things like obedient and very outgoing. It, it had to be a dog that was calm and, you know, really, really chill, you know, a dog that was well-mannered, but one that was easy that would socialize with a, a variety of people you know especially those right. with ptsd so so i came across tio um tio is a yellow lab he's uh three years old um he actually was selected as a puppy it started um his training with one of the leading service dog organizations in the united states um so his training included you know things like uh different commands and obedience and obviously a lot of socializing, a lot of socializing training and practicing appropriate behaviors to being a service dog. Cause that was going to be, you know, his mission, you know, um, and all of his training started, I think he was at eight weeks old or so. That's typically when they start, I think for service dogs. So, um, wow. uh, he, Tio was eventually released back to his original trainer, uh, puppy raiser through this organization. Um, and that's how I became familiar with him because ironically, it's funny how the world works. He was released back to, um, his original trainer who, uh, lives in Wisconsin and the community that I live in and was a friend of mine at the time, <laughs> but I did, I had no idea that she had this dog. In fact, she, she, um, also, uh, was in uh, the process, still in the process of, uh, having an, another dog, a service dog as well, that's going off to, uh, have more training, but, um, so Tio and I connected, we started training together, uh, you know, forming a bond and a relationship like you would for, for anything. Um, uh, just, we became partners. Um, so then we were on to this new journey and he was on this new journey with me. Right. So that's how we all started. Um, he was now going to be a facility dog and, um, we partnered up and started operation canine hero. And, um, that's, where it all started so then we from there um started training with the alliance of therapy dogs which is a very large organization in the united states that uh it's an international registry actually of um 
certified therapy dogs and therapy teams. Uh, they do uh, testing, certifications, registration, and they and they su- support uh, their members that um, um, handlers, uh, professional handlers. So Tio and I became certified through them. So now he's a certified therapy dog, and we're a certified ther- therapy team. So. We partnered up as that. Um, we just, uh, uh, like I said, going back to the beginning of this, um, to pro- provide a little extra support, um, you know, and he's great with uh, his temperament and social skills for people with PTSD. He's like awesome and super smart. Um, and I honestly, I honestly truly believe this, that people can sense that with him. Um, so um, that's, that's just what makes all this great. Um, you know, and all we really want to do, right. is like, I talked about going through the professional channels, like you should, um, this is just another way, even if it's temporary, um, you know, and a lot of people with PTSD or those symptoms, just sometimes they might not feel comfortable. They don't want to go through, through channels like that. They maybe want something. And so I'm like, this is the opportunity to take the edge off. Right. Um, like I mentioned the conversation starter, um, you know, after, after either a call or traumatic event that someone has, or, um, maybe they're just even having a bad day, you know, um, and, um, you know, we, we go to any firehouse or police station or military base or military organization or a public place, meet for a cup of coffee and, um, or whatever it would be, you know, we, I would never turn anyone away. Um, we just, we, we, cause you don't see this a lot. I just, specifically wanted to focus on uh, those public safety and, and military you know you see this a lot in maybe hospital settings or uh, nursing homes and stuff like that but i wanted to do um just focus on uh, those in public safety so uh just to, to be a support um and uh be the conversation starter you know that, hey you're not alone, right? I've kind of coming from, I've been in your shoes. Um, um, and I kind of understand. And, um, I think they can sense that with Teal. We all know, and you probably hear about this and I use this a lot, um, that not all wounds are visible. Um, right. they're not. Um, so, um, and <clears throat> that's fine. And you also hear along with that, that, um, in our family, no one fights alone, meaning first responders and military. We, we, when I talked about brotherhood and we take care of our own, I mentioned that phrase, we, we were a brotherhood. We take care of our own. No one fights alone, <clears throat> whether it's you, me, you know, uh, a firefighter anywhere in the United States or anywhere in the world, I guess, or military or veteran, we just reach out to them and right. And they can reach out to us. And I think they kind of know we all have that same bond. We're all first responders. We're connected that way. We just, we just are. Um, so no one fights alone. I use that a lot. Um, you know, and our first responders, you know, protect our communities and, and um, you know, military protector communities in our country. And they have made and make many sacrifices. And I, that's where this all started with me is uh, they make many sacrifices and, you know, what, what could I do to give back? And, um, you know, they serve us on a daily basis. How can I serve them? You know, and I, and I do with my job when I'm on duty, but I wanted to, um, uh, and, you know, being a firefighter or a first responder, you're even when you're off duty, you still are one, right. You never, be, <laughs> right. you're never not one, but I wanted to serve them in this way. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's how, that's how this all began. Um, you know, and, um, I'm just doing my small little part, you know, 
you know, I don't have all the answers and, um, you know, uh, it's just, it's a unique thing. I think in the world that we have been in the last couple of years with all the current events and things that have taken place and, um, that's, it kind of hit me, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm just, a just passionate about the military and, uh, and people in public safety and I'm a patriot and I, our country, I love our country and our flag and I stand for all those things. And that's where it hit me. And I just wanted to do something and, and give back. So that's, that's, that's awesome. where I'm at. <laughs> that's, that's a lot to go through. And that's, that's, that says a lot about you and I can see the passion in you wanting to give back and, you know, not just on the job, but off the job too. And it's, it's not an easy process to go through and get a dog far as it's, this is not just a commitment for you. This is a commitment for your family too. Right. 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 Yeah. You, <laughs> yeah, it is. You know, <laughs> you know, we all wear many hats and most firefighters, you know, I don't know, I don't know on the law enforcement side, I'm sure they do too, but you know, we, we work a unique schedule. So we seem to have a lot of days off, right. That people are always like, <laughs> geez, geez, do you ever work? Yeah. But, uh, you know, usually we have, you know, uh, part-time business and then I have that as well. But, um, but, um, I think in many ways, a lot of firefighters get back and do things maybe not like this, but similar. And so, yeah, I do wear many hats and I'm not patting myself on the back because I'm, I'm not any better than anyone else. And I know a lot of my friends and colleagues, you know, would do the same thing. And a lot of them do things and uh, I'm just doing my small little part in the world and in our, in my community and in Wisconsin here and um, to, and in the, in the country, I guess, to shed light on this whole thing. And uh, yeah, you know, like I, I said, the stick, uh, Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was just saying, how does your family help you out through this, this process having Tio lives with you, correct? No, Tio doesn't no. live with me, oh. so I'm just his professional handler. Oh, awesome! Um, so he's actually in the community that I live in um, with uh, with his owner, and um, they uh, are puppy raisers for this uh, um, service dog organization I was talking about, and um, that's where they started with him with Tio, okay. and they also have another uh, service dog that they're training that will eventually leave them and go on. Um, to somewhere else in the United States to get more formal training. Um, it's almost like uh, it kind of reminds me of like um, foster care, you know, okay. you're kind of raising them and eventually, you know, at some point, you know, they're going to go on somewhere else. So they do this with service dogs and it's awesome. They're great people. And uh, um, it's great. So I basically, uh, if something comes up, if someone needs us, um, um, I, I just double check with them that it fits with their schedule. I pick him up and we go, of course, any training that we have, um, him and I, we just go, we train together. It's not training. And, you know, obviously we still need to hang out and bond and he needs to trust me. I need to trust him and, um, and rely on each other. So we, we do things like that, just normal things. But, um, so I just go get him at as a needed basis. So, oh, that's, that's um, and, cool. and they don't live too far from me too. And it's, like I said, it's crazy how the world works, right? Like, <laughs> searching you know i felt like geez i'm never going to find the perfect dog and like all of a sudden i come across to you and he's you know <laughs> just across my community so it's awesome very good have you have you ever had any personal struggles with ptsd or any of those type of thoughts or feelings yeah yeah you know um yeah i think we all do even if you don't want to admit it uh, you know right. uh 
it's the job. You see some things that you can't unsee, and there's certain things that uh, trigger you as an individual. Everyone, their makeup is different, um, you know, and uh, it might be one certain event, um, you know, and it could be several over the course of your year um, uh, career. Uh, and maybe you could go through the course of your career and only have one traumatic event. I don't know. Everyone's different, but yeah, you know, with me. Um, you know, I have three kids and, you know, my goal in life was always to try to be a good dad. And, um, a lot of basically everything in my life revolves around my kids. And so, uh, calls with kids, you know, that, um, you know, there's a, there's several that come to mind that sit with me, um, that I think about, you know, often. Um, so, so yeah, yeah. You know, like anyone else, uh, you know, um, everyone deals with things differently. And, um, you know, I try to think about this and, and, uh, all the stuff I've been doing and, you know, me personally, I, I, I work out, I'm a workout fanatic and that's my kind of way that I cope. And, you know, I have certain other things that I do, but yeah. So I guess the, the answer is yeah. 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 There's some things, you know, um, there's some things. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's okay. Right. We're, like you said, we're all affected by this job in, in some way. And I think those who maybe go through this job and think they're unaffected is just, I don't know. They're just turning a blind eye into it. Cause it, I don't see how you can't be unaffected by, by this job, by the different things that happen to you on and off the job that accumulate stress in your life. Yeah, I agree. You know, <clears throat> in this profession, firefighter or police officer you need to be you have that certain personality you can go anywhere across the country at my firehouse or your firehouse or on the other side of the country we're all the same you need that specific personality um you know obviously you want to help others otherwise why would you get into the job but you right. need you know compassion you need you need, to be, you need to be sensitive um you need to be caring and loving for people and, um, you know, all those things. So, um, you know, when you have a mind and a heart like that, of course, things are going to affect you. You know, you're, you're opening yourself up um, to things and um, good and good and bad. Right. I think more good because you want that type of person um, in a role um, because, you know, uh, we deal with uh, we're putting a, in a lot of situations and scenarios where things are bad things can go bad really fast um things are thrown at you it's not a controlled environment you never know what's going to happen next sometimes it's um at the time of when that's going on you're not thinking about yourself mentally because you're doing the job whether you know it's a, a pretty bad structure fire or you're on a medical call or you're doing cpr on a four-month-old or something but you know when you have you know, parents or grandparents that are pleading and begging with you and they're hysterical to please do something, please help us. And, uh, you know, you have to have that side of you, you know, where, um, put yourself in their, in their shoes and, uh, be compassionate and, and uh, caring and loving and all those kind of things. So, yeah. Yeah. And, it, and it's, it's unique. Well, maybe not really unique. Just thinking about it after I said that, I mean, it's a lot of us have things that are going on in our lives or going on at home. And then you have to show up to, to work and be loving, caring, be empathetic and, you know, just go through your day trying to make other people's day that are having probably the worst day when you meet them, you know, as best as possible, do your best job, bring the best you, out and it's it's 
it's hard sometimes to do that. And it's hard to keep it all together when you do that at times. Right. You know, we're only human, right? And that's what I was talking about the stigma of, you know, well, firefighters, you know, you got to put your feelings aside and, you know, you're tough mentally and physically. Well, yeah, yes and no. Um, you know, we, we are human beings, you know, and we also have things going on in our personal life with family and, and things like that that go on. And, and then, you know, you watch your colleagues, <coughs> excuse me, um, you know, on TV and social media with all the things that have been going on in the world with, uh, you know, you hear about, you know, police officers such and such or firefighters such and such just took their life and um, or, you know, uh, you had a cop that was shot or things. And so you have all these things that are in your mind and, and that affects you even when you're not even really thinking about it. Yeah. Um, you know, we're just human. And then and then we go to work. And then now we're on duty. Um, yeah, we're going to do our job. We're also, we're always going to be professional and do our job, you know, uh, effectively and efficiently and, and put our best foot forward. And we are going to be there and we're going to get it done no matter what, but, you know, in the back of your mind, when all this stuff is going on mentally. Um, I think it's when you get back to the firehouse or back to the police station and all of a sudden things, you start thinking of things and things running through your head as when it affects you the most. And then I think when the next day, when you're off duty and you come home and you know, when it's affecting you and you try to brush it aside and you do maybe for a couple of days, or maybe it'll come back or maybe you're fine. And then another call happens, you know, and over time things start happening, you know, you, you could start getting depressed and feeling, you know, emotional and, you know, a lot of things. Yeah, that we've been talking about PTSD and depression and everything, you know, and so yeah, yeah, it's it's an up and down roller coaster um, for people that are sh- struggling with those things of you know going to work and coming home, and I think as we all know, it's not just everything that happens at the job, and it's kind of like what we've talked about. It's that home life too that adds to that basically that cup that overflows. It's just not everything that happens at work. I mean our home lives are just like other people's home lives. You know, there, there's, there's plenty of roller coasters, ups and downs and stressors and, you know, major family events and incidents and things going on. And, you know, you, like, like I said, try to brush those off and, and go to work and put your best foot forward every day. But I think those are the, some of the times that your cup fills up really fast and you come to that, that breaking point. And one other thing that we discussed was kind of some of our, our, our coping mechanism. And we were talking about maybe, some of the things that we kind of brushed off and maybe like a little bit of a humorous way. I think that's just been a coping mechanism for public safety for a long time, because maybe we didn't know or want to know, or even look to find other ways to find help for ourselves other than maybe just trying to find some humor in things where there's really not a lot of humor, you know, and, and now we have other avenues to, to seek help. And, you know, like Wisconsin is helping, you know, uh, pass laws and things for PTSD. And I know some other States are slowly getting on board to do those things as well, which is, which is good because, you know, those who that are really affected by this job and can't work should be compensated in some manner. Like this, this, this is the job that basically, I, I don't know what the proper word is that made them leave this career and have to choose something different. Right. Yep. I agree with you hundred percent on that. And it's, and there's so many, I think more therapies that are out there and stuff like that. There's, 
different types of, you know, I, th- I think of traditional therapy where there's just a lot of talking and I don't think very many, if any first responders want to go to therapy like that. Cause we're just, we don't want to talk about our feelings very much, right? at least not in, right. in settings like that. And then yeah. you, know, you, have, you have some EMDR and then you have ART. So those are less talk therapies and, you know, with, uh, you know, having a canine there, like you said, it's just an icebreaker just to like lower the tension, right? Let the conversation yep. just flow. Yeah. Let it flow. Not like you said, uh, you know, a conversation starter and icebreaker, um, you know, you, sometimes it's hard to go. And I'm not saying you shouldn't go through those professional channels because you should, yeah. but I'm saying, uh, sometimes, you know, you feel like, uh, and I'm not speaking for everyone else. I'm speaking for myself that maybe, uh, you know, that they just don't understand. They, they haven't, they haven't been in this role. They, they, you know, um, so when you can talk to somebody uh, that kind of has been in your shoes or maybe can sense or feel what you're feeling because they've been there before, um, I think it's a little easier. Yeah. And something, obviously, anyone that uh, when you're in a setting that's more relaxed and less formal, um, you know, it's probably easier to talk. And, you know, like I always say, what I'm doing, words aren't even really needed, um, you know, uh, they're doesn't need to be any words expressed. If someone wants to open up and talk, awesome. Cause I'll listen. I'm a good listener, but I, we don't need to talk just, you know, me and Tio coming in and someone just chilling out with us and hanging with Tio, or we have just have a cup of coffee and we don't even really talk about the underlying problem, but I think it's actually helping um, that individual in the problem um, with, with them uh, not even knowing it. Um, you know, that's, um, kind of what I envisioned and, um, you know, yeah. Do you find so, yourself meeting people more than once in the community or are you just find yourself kind of bouncing around a little bit? Yeah. Bouncing around a little bit. I've been to different communities and, you know, this is all just kind of getting started. Um, you know, we, we've just been new to this. It took me a lot longer to, to do all this research form, uh, this nonprofit and Operation Canon Hero, and then finally come across to you. Um, and then, of course, we had to do our uh, formal training and become certified. So, yeah, we are just finally starting to be to be out. And we've been in a couple different communities. A news crew just did a story on us. Awesome. Um, so, yeah, to get our name out there and our organization out there. And, you know, people can get a hold of us by, you know, people that know me personally or a friend of a friend. Or, you know, we're all kind of at least here, you know, um, in Northeast Wisconsin and the surrounding communities, you know, the, you know, we're a tight knit group, you know, uh, they, they know that they can reach out to me or how to get, get a hold of me. Um, and, uh, like I said, we wouldn't turn, turn anyone away. Um, so, um, yeah, even something as simple as just having a cup of coffee, um, on someone's off day or, um, but, but yeah, for sure. We just, we'd go to a firehouse or police station or military organization, um, you know, whatever's convenient for them. And, you know, it doesn't need to be anything long. It could be 15 minutes, um, you know, and we could spend as much time as they wanted, you know, and, it, and like I said, it could be something as simple as just over a cup of coffee and them, you know, deal with his, with uh, um, his face on their lap and them <laughs> petting him. And, you know, they dogs provide that therapeutic connection, especially if you have a trained uh, facility dog therapy dog, like T.O. that, 
you know, um, he can sense if someone's not feeling right. And, you know, I think they can sense that, oh, wow, okay, this is a really compassionate dog. And, you know, it's just a therapeutic connection. Uh, and that, and that might not be for everyone. And I'm sure it's not. Some people aren't dog lovers, but, um, you know, this is just one way. And of course this is, you know, it's the, even if it's just temporary, um, yeah. you know, so yeah. For you said, there's also a connection for the dog for Tio. So Tio always is, Tio is getting something out of this connection too, with the, the person they're interacting with too. What's that, what's that like? What would you find in your research? Yeah. So, uh, you know, just different studies that I've read that, it, that it's just as benefiting for the dog, you know, um, mentally calming, I'm sure, you know, we can't speak for dogs, but, uh, <laughs> um, you know, but I, you know, I never thought about that side of it and that aspect. And I mean, how cool is that? You know, I mean, um, you know, I guess like a dog, like Tio, uh, put him like if he was a human at a, at a like a first responder in a situation like what I'm doing or what we were doing and just wanting to help others. Yeah. You know, that seems to be his personality. Like he's a dog, his temperament and the way that he socialized with people, you could tell that he's super chill and he wants to be there to help others. Um, and uh, it's just, that's cool. Yeah. So that, yeah, I feel like, and you know, like I said, studies have shown that it's given back to him as well. So, it's Do you find I mean, it's just really neat. Yeah, that is neat. Do you find too maybe acting in acting differently with different uh people he comes in contact? Like you said, maybe puts his head on someone's lap, or maybe he'll just sit beside someone, or you know, different different things like that. Yeah, definitely. I think you know, a dog like him can sense if someone is stressed or anxious, you know, if someone their leg is constantly shaking or or maybe they seem timid or something like that. Um, you know, I think in his role and with his training that he had and his temperament, um, and socializing skills that he can, I think he can sense that. Um, and I think he probably knows himself mentally of, uh, maybe he would, he's going to react with this specific individual, be more going and laughing and stuff. You know, I, yeah. I think, uh, like humans, we would, you know, treat someone, I don't want to say treat someone different, but approach them differently if they're more timid right, or shy, right, right, right? Compared to someone that's like uh, super outgoing and, you know, so I think he was doing the same thing. Yeah. I, I've known some, a little, I've had some interactions with a few therapy dogs and if someone will like, just want to be up against you and just putting their body weight on you and kind of just pushing on you. And then Right. You're like, oh, I'm going to give in. All right. I'll finally just, I'll, I'll pet you and I'll like interact. And <laughs> so right, building up right. that warmth. <laughs> yeah, definitely. How can people help support this mission? Um, like I said, so they can find us um, on our website at operation k9hero.org. Um, we're on social media on Facebook and Instagram, uh, operation k9hero. Um, you know, um, or, uh, info at operation canine hero.com. They can, uh, anyone can message us privately on social media. They can email us. Um, they can message us through our website. Um, we're easy to find. Um, and, um, you know, if anyone out there that's listening to this or, um, you yourself or, um, you know, that you, you can think of someone that might, you know, need a little extra support in, in our area. Um, they can get a hold of us. And, and like I said, we would never turn anyone away. We just want to help. We're, we're free. You know, we're just going to, we're, you know, we're, we don't cost anything. 
just we're just volunteering our time to give back um so they can um contact us through through that so are you going to grow this mission to like maybe have other people involved in other states is that your goal that wasn't my goal. That's not my goal. But uh, after, uh, you know, I got going at uh, local news, uh, 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 local news channel did a story on us. I started getting emails of people um, in surrounding communities that also have a therapy dog that um, that are in public, uh, do some sort of public service that wanted to help out in some way. Um, that's not my uh, intention right now. Um um, maybe down the road of growing this. And I mean, what, you know, why wouldn't I want to help others other than someone in Wisconsin? Right. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and I'm not saying that I wouldn't travel somewhere. If there's someone in uh, public safety or a veteran that someone refers me to, you know, that's uh, in a different state that's really struggling and thinking that maybe I could help, you know, I, you know, I would, I would go, I wouldn't turn anyone away. So, um, yeah, I'm just, um, I'm just taking this all, uh, slow right now and seeing where it goes and um going from there i guess yeah maybe you're creating the, the format for other people to jump on and and support you know others around around the country and that that's a great thing in itself too and i think that's that's awesome that you would travel anywhere to help other people but can people make donations yeah, people can go to our website and uh, make a donation. We are a 501c3, um, so they can make a donation um, to our organization, um, you know, and it's a tax write-off for them if they wanted, they wanted to do that. So um, any donations are welcome, um, but not needed. Um, you know, I mean, um, there was a, some initial startup cost, and but that's on me. I, you know, this is my passion, you know, my vision, and... Um, I'm not really concerned about um, the financial aspect of it. I just feel like this is um, me and what I'm driven to do. And um, um, I just, I feel like uh, it's just something that I need to do. So I'm not worried about money, I guess. Um, I'm just going to do it. But yeah, yeah. donations yeah. can be made. Yeah. Well, right. Those type of things help. They help, you know, with travel and other expenses and, anything that anybody's doing for free for others, it comes at a cost, you know, to, to them. And I think there's also people out there that want to help others like you, you know, maybe not have such an impactful cost to these type of things. So you can be out there more doing that. Sure. Sure. Yeah. That makes sense. And I appreciate that. Yeah. So you're, uh, you're on Instagram as and, and you have the website. Yep. And Facebook uh, at operation canine hero. Okay, great. What, uh, what email can they reach you at? Uh, it's info at operation canine hero.com. Okay. We'll also put that in the show notes. Okay. I always ask this one last question. What impact Dwayne do you want to make in the world? Oh, that's a tough question there, Jerry. Uh, I know. Um, <laughs> you know, I, 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 I just, uh, I don't know how to answer this. I just want to do my, uh, do my own small little part. Like I said, I don't want to take, uh, pat myself on the back, or take huge credit, you know, cause I know a lot of, there's a lot of amazing people out there that are, are helping many people that are struggling. 
Um, even people that aren't struggling, you know, I just, I just honestly think like just small little random acts of kindness, doing things for people, even those who don't maybe uh, need a little extra support, um, that kind of stuff goes a long way. Um, and, uh, I don't really know how to answer that. I just, uh, I, this, this does what I'm doing does make me feel good. Um, as a person, um, makes me feel a little better about myself. Um, but you know, I'm not, I'm not doing it for, for myself. Um, just, it's just a passion of mine. If I can um, help even just one person, um, I feel like I'm doing my part. So I guess that would probably answer your question. Yeah, yeah, um, definitely. You know, it's, you know, you always hear, and it's true, it's small things that make a difference in the world. And, um, you know, when someone feels like um, others, and I think even more so when it's just some random person um, that you don't know that is caring and they care about you and um, they extend an invitation to help and at least let them know that, hey, you know, I, I understand how you feel and that we're that, you know, I'm here for you. I think that goes a long way. So I always think about that little, that, that kind of stuff. Um, so I'm just doing my small little part, Jerry. Yeah. that's, that's <laughs> Well, you know, if you inspire other people to do their small little part as well as with you, right. You're, you're making world change right there. So it always starts with one person and maybe there's a person listening is like, Hey, I could do something like this too, in my area to help people. And, you know, that's right there, right? You've inspired another people and it has that trickle, trickle down effect. That's, that's what I love about having my, my guests on the show, like you, Dwayne, that, you know, that's what you're doing. You're inspiring others. You inspire me. So I, I love it. I appreciate it. I appreciate that. I, I really do. Thanks, Jerry. Yeah. Thank you for being on today. Yeah. Thanks for having me. And uh, thanks for all that you do for our first responders and, you know, across the country. And I just, uh, you know, came across you and um, I, I respect you too immensely and just what you're doing, shedding light on all the different podcasts of, um, you know, people in EMS fire and police and military of what they're going through. And um, you're doing a great thing. Um, so I appreciate you um, very much. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Thanks again for listening. Don't forget to rate and review the show wherever you access your podcast. If you know someone that would be great on the show, please get a hold of our host, Jerry Dean Lund, through the Instagram handles at Jerry Fire and Fuel or at Enduring the Badge Podcast. Also, by visiting the show's website, EnduringTheBadgePodcast.com. For additional methods of contact and up-to-date information regarding the show. Remember, the views and opinions expressed during the show solely represent those of our hosts and the current episode's guests.